When the Predator was announced with Shane Black attached to direct, fans of the franchise had good reason to be optimistic about the new sequel. By the time of its release, however, it was no secret that production went through some turmoil, and the finished film received scathing reviews. So join us as we look back a few years later and see if The Predator really is that bad. Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and I'm joined as always by Tara. Greetings, citizens. Tara was out walking her dog earlier, and I I pulled up, got out of a vehicle. Something clearly just happened with the dog, and I seen that it was obviously cut out of the movie. And I said, "We need you, Doctor Tara." <laughs> I'm making a fun of a scene in the movie. It's <laughs> the case this isn't clear. <laughs> I need you, Olivia Munn. <laughs> Come with us to a top secret research center. We are here today to not finish because it, it just so happens there's a new entry to do next episode with a brand new release that we're looking forward to. But we're here to finish the movie so far in the Predator franchise. Uh, we started working through these, uh, I want to say about October-ish, you know, it's been maybe been about, you know, something like that. Um, but we've done Predator, Predator 2, AVP, AVP Requiem, and we did uh, Predators, and now we're doing The Predator. So go find all those old episodes, um, if you want our extended thoughts on all them. The highs, and the lows, and the low, low, lows. <laughs> and then we'll see where this one shapes up. And I feel like uh, if you've seen the movie or know its reputation, you've probably got a good indication of where this might go. But uh, we'll get into it. We'll start spoiler-free as we always do. We'll give you some warning before we go into spoilers. Uh, this movie came out just a few years ago. This was 2018? Which I guess is four years ago now, admittedly. So and time is moving fast. Honestly, I, I thought it was older. <laughs> really? I think it's just so forgettable or something that I was just like, it came and went and that was a long time ago. And I never thought about it again. It still feels like the one that just came out to me. Uh, mm. I, I guess. But yeah, I guess it's been four years. And this is the first, you know, I only saw it the once in the theater. So this is the, you know, the second time yeah, I've seen it. So uh, here here we are. We're going to dive in to The Predator, which notably, you know, going into this, there was reasons to actually have hope. There was reasons to be excited. Shane Black was going to direct it. And... Fresh off the nice guys, too. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's not just that he was, you know, involved in writing... Why was he involved in writing the first one, I don't think? He was just in it. But he was, you know, he was an actor in the first movie. And he had a very successful career writing movies. He wrote the lethal first Lethal Weapon movie. He wrote Long Kiss Goodnight, Last Boy Scout, a bunch of different things over the years. And then he started directing, and he did Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. He did The Nice Guys. And The Nice Guys is a great movie. Like, so... So good. So there was a lot of reasons when this was, you know, announced that this was happening. It, it, there was a lot of reasons to be excited that, oh, finally, you know, the, the fourth Predator movie is going to, to be back on track. It's going to be something exciting and interesting. And, you know, that mundanity of Predators is going to be a, a memory, nothing but a memory. And we can go into some something special. Mm-hmm. And... Then we all saw the movie, uh, and 
you know, like th- this movie was plagued with reshoots. Uh, the entire third act was changed. Uh, there's photos online of the original, like, well, not, not of the movie, but like of them shooting some of the stuff that was in the original ending, uh, which involved tanks and some other things. I'll, I'll, I'll go when we're in spoilers, and I can sort of spoil some things. Like, I'll tell you a I bit more. I haven't seen anything from that, so yeah. I'd be curious to know. So they they made them reshoot like the last third of the movie. Uh, the movie was heavily edited. You can sort of tell that when you're watching it. You know, we'll talk about that. I think when we're going through specific moments, um, and then it comes out. And even if you want to blame the studio and you say, "Oh, Fox, like you know, bastardized this and made them chop it to bits," and that is definitely partially true. But it might be true because the movie was already bad and they were trying to do something to save it or whatever. Uh, because some of the concepts, story-wise. Are just not that good either and i feel like that's something else we're going to talk about when we get into the movie um so it might seem redundant to ask this question given that like it's very clear that we, we both think this is not good but um i will ask the question uh and i'll i'll, I'll save the premise for after because it's a bit honestly it's, it's, a, it's a very convoluted premise for <laughs> a predator movie which is supposed to be quite simple but uh tara how do you feel about the predator and i suppose the the thing i'll tack on to that is has it changed in any way with this viewing versus the original viewing it has not i was super psyched about going in to see the predator uh when shane black was announced to to go back to it as you were saying uh i love the nice guys i i saw it many times in the theater i bought the blu-ray and <laughs> i was just super high on shane black I love Lethal Weapon. Like, who does it? It gets copied every, I don't know, every, like, six months after that film came out, there was some version of Lethal Weapon that was coming out. Why wouldn't you copy? It copy. Why wouldn't you copy? It's got Busey in it. <laughs> exactly. So does this movie, actually. Oh, well, yeah, he's playing the son of uh, uh, Busey, the other Busey. <laughs> who was oh, in he's Predator the son too. of that character? Yeah, he's got the same name as Keys. I didn't notice. I, if you had asked me what's Gary Busey's character's name in Predator 2, I, I don't know. He's Gary Busey. Well, I, no, if you just said what's his name in Predator 2, I could never tell you. But when I hear it, it, it you know, it, it, the bell dings. And it, so okay, he says okay. keys and I'm like, oh, that was, yeah. So he's playing the son of Gary Busey's character in Predator 2. Yeah. And I was like really into like YouTube movie channels that did like the news like Collider and stuff at that time. So I was really like... Uh, I was getting all the news updates about the, the, the Predator filming and, you know, all the complications that were coming from that. And, oh, boy, it is just... so It was so disappointing at the theater. I will say the change that, you know, I, I had watching it this time is that it wasn't disappointing because I already knew yeah. that it's not very good. <laughs> and let me tell you, I think Sterling K. Brown is, like, the best actor working today. I love sterling k brown like any he needs to be accelerated into superstardom because i think he's just so magnetic and like commands your attention every time he's on screen you can't take your eyes off of him but (laughs) i think his character's kind of shit in this but like i still don't think that he doesn't have those qualities i think he still like does command your attention i just think like everybody in this movie is so quirky uh, that it's just kind of annoying <laughs> like you just start noticing like okay so he's got this thing like he's always chewing gum and he kind of laughs like woody the woodpecker um you know everybody in this movie has 
some sort of weird quirk that they always have to do every time they're on screen. And it's like, everybody's too Shane Black. I don't, it's too much. <laughs> I also really like uh, Keenan Michael Key. I think he's a hilarious person and actor. Normally? I think, I, normally. I think he's <laughs> so annoying in this. I think all the characters on, from like the bus scene are terrible. With the exception of maybe one guy who's all right, but like, uh, or maybe two of them are okay, honestly. Not, but like the rest the, of them are just so try hard to be quippy and quirky and it's, it's annoying. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, 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 you touched on a lot there. I, like, I think Stanky Brown's a good actor. I think he's terrible in this. It's not necessarily his fault per se. I think most people are terrible in this. There's, there's only, the only like... The comedy in this is... This is the thing that stuck out to me from go, from the first viewing to this, is that when I saw it the first time, I really wanted to try and like, find the good in it. Like, I really wanted to give it some benefit of the doubt, look for what I like in it, and so I'd recognize the Shane Black parts of the movie and appreciate what I could find. I think the comedy, almost as a result, I was kind of just like... I don't know what happened the first time where, because clearly I, I remember some of the jokes and stuff as they were coming up, but I, I don't, like, I did not remember, like, the comedy being as bad as it was. When I watched it this time, the comedy was, like, cringy at times. It was very try-hard. That's a very good phrase to use with a lot of it. Um, I do think Thomas Jane is probably one of the few people in this who comes out looking like he still has talent because he actually does deliver a couple of funny lines. No, he I does. I could not stand him in this. No, his character is so bad. No, his character isn't good most of the time, but he's the only one who has some jokes that kind of land. No one else does. No one. No, I think there's there are some jokes that did make that that did make me laugh. And you know, I watched it um I watched it twice. I watched it yesterday and I had time so I put it on again today. Um cuz you're a masochist. While I, while I was like cooking and stuff, you know. So halfway paying attention and some of the jokes did make me laugh and they were usually made by people who like weren't any of the main characters <laughs> a little the little you know shane black isms like in the background stuff did make me laugh but the people on the bus like consistently did not make me laugh and it just to me it felt like here's your quirky character go very over the top with it and improv and i don't like improv in movies because you can always tell and I think you can tell in this one. Yeah, no, Thomas Shane has a couple of funny lines. Like, and it is just a couple. Like, I want to make that clear. I'm saying he's like a couple of funny lines. And a lot of lines are not good. So, but that's basically it. I did not really like a lot of these characters. They are very try-hard. And, they're, 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 yeah, they're all going for this quirky thing. And I think, you know, usually the benefit of that is you try to build a ragtag group of main characters who are likable and i found this group to be hard to like like the, the first time you meet them they're presenting in such this weird way whereas you know it's all these cookie characters on this prison bus because uh, they're, they're all like either vets or people who they're all like section eight right they're all people who are you know yeah things have happened to them they're all um, military that are being taken to a hospital for something yeah they've all had some sort of trauma that's that's you know made them at least in the 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 government's untrustworthy uh like opinion uh you know they're they're all because obviously the main guy mckenna he's they're basically just lying about him because he you know they don't want him to like tell the truth about what happened but 
which makes you maybe question some of the other ones as well if you want to, but right from the get-go, like, as soon as they start, like, fighting back the guards and, like, you know, start to go off on their own to, you know, to advance the plot into the movie, I sort of went, yeah, okay, we know the main guy's, like, not really supposed to be here and they're kind of, they're, they're pretending and just saying that he's crazy or whatever, but the rest of these guys were actually supposed to be here, as far as we know, <laughs> like, maybe we shouldn't yeah. be freeing them from this. It's a little one floor of the cuckoo's nest. Yeah. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> But they're but they're all given like assault rifles and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bit weird. I, I have a hard time kind of getting into the characters. I felt like uh, Keegan Michael Key's like running thing where he keeps telling jokes about Thomas Jane's mum. It's supposed to kind of mirror the the pussy jokes from the the original film. Like it's, mm-hmm. I think it's might be the same like a sort of callback to that gag, but. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I would never have guessed like, if I if I didn't know who he was, you know, from other things. I would never have guessed he was a comedian because his delivery of these like shitty jokes in this, and I, th- I think the sad part is, is that there's a lot of concepts in this movie, or or even just jokes. Like on paper, I get how that joke might work with the delivery, but th- it's the delivery of a lot of the jokes in this that I don't think works. It's it's not so much that the idea of the joke itself isn't funny in some way, or that um that, that it can't work with the right timing. But I think between the performances being just a little off and a bit too tryhard, and in the movie also being chopped up, which is probably also affecting the pacing of like how long you're waiting for certain punchlines, and then the, the the bigger problem this is all wrapped up in with the jokes is that should a predator movie have as much comedy as this tries to? Because this movie, you could almost just call it a comedy with how frequent like you just have these characters cracking jokes mm-hmm. and saying things. Uh, one of the worst ones for me wasn't even the characters on the bus. The the, the moment, because I texted you at one point and said, why is Sterling K. Brown so bad in this? The moment I sent that is the moment um, they're, 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 there's this running gag about them calling the, the Predator Predators when technically it doesn't really fit what they do. Um, and he's like, no, we took a vote, it sounded better. He's like, F yeah. And I'm like, this is shit. I'm, in, I'm getting embarrassment. Watch, that, that was not cool. <laughs> You're saying F yeah because you were just trying to spend 30 seconds justifying why the characters in the movie are calling it a predator, which they never should have done, right? Don't, don't, like, I think technically in the first two movies that someone might have said it one referred to him as a predator. You know, it's like, oh, he's this hunter, the ultimate predator. Like, and that's fine because you're using it as a, you know, you're describing him. That's kind of what he's doing to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um I think them in this movie saying, no, that's the name, no, this is a predator. This is a predator we've got here. <laughs> like, no, we call him that. <laughs> you don't, it sounds stupid when you do it. Like, this is not, this is not, uh, like, you know, Iron Man. You don't say, we've got Iron <laughs> No, stop it. That's true. We, I mean, I don't, I guess it's not really necessary. Uh, this is the first time that, like, one has been captured in a way and in Mm. any of the films so maybe it's the first time like somebody's asking like well what do you call it um or what are you calling it just for my notes or whatever um and so you have to say something but i guess you could avoid it it's just um yeah it just it feels so i don't know it's just a bit too wink wink and joe i would have been fine if they just said oh we we started calling them predators and like okay cool and just moved on but them having this whole thing where Olivia Munn kind of debates it because it doesn't really quite fit because it's, you know it's it's not hunting for survival or food it's it's just doing it for sport which technically is not a predator. Uh, 
You know, Olivia Munn is a very strong, capable, beautiful woman, um, but I don't like her in, like, anything I've seen. <laughs> I don't know what it is about, like, uh, the the characters that she plays or how she plays them, but she doesn't come off as very likable in, like, anything. And I want to keep giving her a chance, but, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just she's just not ringing uh, I think... someone that I can, like, empathize with when she's supposed to be. You well, know? I mean, I think it's unfair to even like bring that debate into this particular movie because every every character's underwritten. You know, she gets given nothing. Like I was joking about that scene there at the start of the show. I said um, about the the dog stuff. Like her introduction. Yeah, I remember what happened yeah. with that. Her introduction in this movie. Now, admittedly, there's a reason for it that was like understandable in this case, but basically, the, the, she saw a shot a scene where she's at a park, you know, with a dog. And the scene involved this other character coming up and talking to her, some guy at the park. Uh, it turned out this guy, the actor, uh, was a, a registered sex offender or something like that. It's been a while since, the, uh, so I'm, I'm doing this from yeah, like... Yeah, he's like friends with uh, Shane Black or something. Yeah. And so he always puts him in his movies. And he apparently <laughs> didn't know about this, you know, bit of history. You can believe that or, or don't, but... Um, they had to, so they decided to cut the scene out of the movie. Um, but the weird thing about that is that... It, it, we cut to like the dog barking and then it's just people you know the agents walking up to olivia munn and it's like it's so blatantly obvious there was a whole scene there that was supposed to be the the lead-in before this happens but it's just but the funny thing is is there's a lot of scenes in this movie that kind of feel like that it feels really chopped up and you know things feel really condensed a lot of scenes happen really quickly um on on a lot of the third act too uh, well the third act was reshot and i assume yeah the yeah, we'll get into all that. I, I was dating the characters for a little bit, though, because you talk about Olivia Munn's character. And I think her character in this movie is ridiculous. Um, because, it's, you know, she, she's treated as the... Okay, she's this biologist who's brought in because she studies things and she'll she'll you know study the predator, blah, blah, blah. Like, as soon as things start happening, she is, like, jumping onto moving buses. She's chasing down the predator with a a trank gun and i'm like this is a biologist why why is she acting like she's like one of arnold's team a super soldier yeah <laughs> she she's doing like captain america jumps and shit um mm-hmm. and it just it, i was like what is this and it you know it, 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 it just from that point on she's just always capable she knows how to you know yeah, pick up a sniper rifle had, like four broken ribs like yeah, <laughs> really I, early on in the film yeah it was just a really weird choice that it really took me out at the moment and i remember thinking this the first time i watched it is like why like i'm okay if you want to like build up the idea that she gets you know like, you know like a sarah connor thing where by the end of the movie she's like sort of like become stronger and she's like starting to like be tempted to like fight back herself and that kind of thing but at least she didn't have a line of like i grew up with four brothers or <laughs> cliche like that you know that's why i'm yeah. so good at fighting <laughs> yeah uh I, I do appreciate that as well um we won't talk about much of this until spoilers but i will say jacob trembley's in this movie as the main character's son and his entire plot is like a trope from like a different era that is kind of I'll just say insensitive, and we'll we'll talk about it in spoilers exactly what it is. Yeah, but, uh, I watched another movie like that not too long ago, and it was from the nineties. Yeah, it, it felt like a really dated trope, uh, which and it's a sort of trope that I think originally might have came from like a a well-meaning place to an extent, but it's become such a trope to use in movies that it just kind of feels really hokey. And uh, we'll we'll get into all that. 
Um, yeah, see, all, 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 all the convicts, you know, not the convicts, sorry, all the, the vet, uh, psych patients. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're calling them. Uh, section 8, the Section 8 van, van <laughs> or bus. Yeah. They, they're all, what's that Section 8 thing you keep saying? What is this? Uh, it's a term when uh, people want to get out of the military for being, well, sorry for lack of a better term, uh, crazy. <laughs> uh, well, the reason why <laughs> you go for a section the, eight. Re the reason why you're confusing me is because in the movie it's a different number. They, they say they're uh, they're group two because group they, go, two. they go to therapy yeah. group two room. Uh, so you keep saying eight, and I'm like, where's she getting this eight from? But fair enough, it's just a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's just um, a thing. I don't know. I learned it from Mash. Because that's like a character thing. He's always trying to get out on a section uh, okay. eight by wearing dresses and stuff. There you go. Um, well, so, so there's a couple of interesting cast members. So, so I mentioned Thomas Jane. I do like Thomas Jane. So it's a shame that you know the movie's not better because you know you've got Stellan K. Brown, you got Thomas Jane. Uh, I also like Yvonne Strahovski, who is just wasted in this. <laughs> like she's the wife of the main character who just disappears after a few scenes. Uh, so that was kind of a shame. Yeah. I like the uh, the main. I like Boyd Holbrook a lot in uh, Logan. I thought he was kind of like the a performance in that that it, that really stood out to me. You know, mm -hmm. and he's like he he should be a no one. Like he kind of looks like a lot of people who are you know in Hollywood to me. But like his performance in Logan really stood out. So I I actually do like him. But again, in this movie, he's just kind of like. Too witty. Generic? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're going for this witty, likable, but badass kind of thing, and it's just a bit too... He, he didn't have the, the, the thing that he had in, in Logan, no. where that like really stood out to me. Well, even the, the Predators don't have like their their aura in this that they, they're supposed to, at least from the first two movies, like they, they're, they're missing yeah. something. Which, by the way, uh, this movie confirms that Predator 2 is in continuity in here, which is really funny to me because it was in this alternate future, 1997, and now that 1997 happened in it's LA, <laughs> but then it somehow became just normal present day by the time you get yes. to 2018. That's really funny to me. <laughs> yeah, they fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> this is really funny to me. That <laughs> um, is funny. I didn't think about that. And I guess in a way you had to. If you're going to have Jake Busey playing Gary Busey's son, and this, then you have to count Predator too. I love seeing Jake Busey again. I think he he's uh, he should come back. I, although I think he's doing TV or something now. I think we talked about it before. He's, he does a lot of stuff. He was in Stranger Things season three. I've seen him pop up in a few horror movies that I've done screams with him. You know, he's he, he's a working actor. He's a, he's a there should always be a Busey in Hollywood. Yes, if possible. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure Jake's got a couple of maybe you know toddlers right now that one day will be our new generation yeah, maybe, of Busey. Maybe we'll get it. We'll maybe we'll get a female Busey. That'd be great. The potential. It'd be like uh, Chancer Six. Is a female beauty <laughs> the most beautiful woman on the planet or the ugliest woman on the planet? I don't know. I don't know what to expect. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So curious now. I don't know what to expect. I feel like there's no, there's no, not even a chance it's in the middle. It's either going to be she is like a bombshell. It's going to be one, one extreme or the other, huh? Or she's all teeth. It's just, it's just one, it's one of the two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I kid, I kid, I kid. But anyway, um, yeah. So some interesting cast members. So it's a shame that uh, a lot of them are. I mean, they're they're all kind of weak. Like, because like I say, there's actors in here that we know are good, that uh, are are just coming off really the, poorly. The guy from from Moonlight, like Moonlight's fantastic, and he was great in that. And uh, I don't like him in this at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's 
that's very fair. Um, it's you know, it's just there's all these little moments where it's trying to be quippy, and it's but it, again, it's like the scenes are too short, the, the the cuts are too quick. There's a moment early on when they've got like a a lie detector test with uh, the main character uh, with with McKenna, and Sterling K. Brown, like his henchmen, are like watching from like behind the the mirror, right, and. It cuts to him at one point, and he just turns and goes, yeah, he saw something, and just sort of nods. And I, I remember it being in the trailer as well, actually. But the, the way he just kind of says it quickly, it's meant to be like this, you know, funny end to the scene, where they, 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 they just, like, I don't know, I just... There's so many things in this that fall flat, and this is before you get to some of the, maybe the problematic elements. It's before you get to the awkward editing that makes some things really obscure. I think one thing we can talk about in Spoiler Free is that there is... In addition to a regular predator, there is a bigger predator, the uber predator, if you will. And the big problem with this, right? Obviously, when we get to the spoilers, we can talk about what they do conceptually with it, where the story goes with it, all that stuff. But the biggest problem with this, honestly, is that you took the predator, which is a, a famous monster movie character that is achieved via makeup and great prosthetics and a suit and has always looked great, even in the bad movies, has always looked great on camera. And you replace them with one that's 11 foot tall and has to be completely CGI. And the entire t- every time this thing's on screen moving around, there's this just CG jankiness to how he moves and how he looks. And it just robs, like, the the presence that the Predator normally has and it's just it's a big it's a big huge mistake i don't, I don't even know what like, replacing it with a cgi predator i just don't understand why they thought that was I know, an idea and they had like a they have a guy in a suit yeah for, the, the regular for, size yeah, one, for yeah. most of it and then like they're like nah just kidding you're going to get this one now yeah. <laughs> like oh come on <laughs> so disappointing so disappointing yeah. um yeah, and there's you know there's a lot of things it does with it tries to like take predator lore into a new place, and I don't necessarily think all of the IDs are bad, but the way it handles them are 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 pretty rough. Uh, mm-hmm. So well, we'll get into all that when we get deep out of the spoilers, but uh, I, I figured it was worth mentioning uh, just in passing here. Yeah, it's just too, it's just too much. It's too, it's too funny. I think that. You know, I I like Shane Black's humor a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it works well in most of his other films, but I think this is just trying too much to be funny all the time. Like with every character has to have a funny moment, and you- I, it would work so much better if it was just like sprinkled in. You know, just little things that maybe on another viewing you'll notice stuff in the background. You're like, oh, that's funny. And also, there's no Christmas. What the hell? That's <laughs> Halloween. True. Halloween. I know Shane Black. Halloween. <laughs> No wonder he was off his game. Yeah, what's interesting is that the the script is by is co-written by Shane Black, which is weird because he you know he usually does a good job with that. And the other co-writer is Fred Decker, who's actually that was a really interesting name when they hired him because Fred Decker was a writer and director uh, who basically he didn't get blacklisted, but he basically had such a bad time making RoboCop three that he basically stopped making movies for decades and came back because the, the movies he did that people like he he did um uh, he directed the monster squad and night of the creeps so those were the two movies he directed so they're, they're both kind of fun cult movies people like uh, i've seen both they're both fun mm-hmm. and 
he also wrote uh, a bunch more stuff incl including those but he, he did like scripts for what's he got here house 2 uh he godzilla 1985 I, I guess he just did the translation <laughs> i don't think he actually wrote godzilla 1985 um even did a couple of episodes of Star Trek Enterprise. That's like one of the few things he did in that big gap, actually, is he wrote a few Enterprise episodes, funnily maybe enough. Maybe he felt like he needed to because his last yeah. name is Decker, like Commodore Decker. Ah, maybe. Um, so, like, so it was really interesting. And I, I do have to wonder, like, what went wrong so bad conceptually that even, even if this movie wasn't cut to shreds and, like, had studios say, no, you have to redo, like, the last third of it and do a bunch of stuff to it and cut it down to, like, a smaller length or whatever... I do wonder, like, there's some fundamental problems that were already there. I'm sure the original cut is probably a better technical movie. Uh, you know, from a pacing, from a, you know, from all the... Because in this movie, like, see when you realise they're going, going into Act 3, like, I'm like, wait, that's, that doesn't feel like we're ready to escalate there yet, because you've not made me like any of these characters, you've not made me care about, like, who's in jeopardy. Uh, you, you've just sort of jumped here, so when there's, you know, there's a certain helicopter ride where it's like, oh, this is definitely going into Act 3, but, like, I'm so not invested in it and that it feels really hollow and it's kind of sad. It's like, oh, I don't care about this right now. And you're trying to tell me it's time for the big, you know, big finish. So uh, I do, I do, I do wonder like what went on here? Did they not work yeah. well together perhaps? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I did hear that the third act had to be reshot because it was too dark initially. Is that uh, not a thing? Well, I don't want to say what it is until but we can talk I, about I what it is. I don't know about the tanks and stuff. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, I, like, I've got, like, I don't have, like, too many details, but I, I don't want to say the vague things I do know until we can talk about what actually is in the, the ending. Okay. Because, because it does, you can still sort of see the seeds in the movie of, like, how it was going to get there, kind of. So, anywho, uh, uh, as far as anything else goes, so it's, it's poorly edited, it's very choppy, the pacing's kind of wonky, the characters that are going really hard to be funny and witty uh, just feels like too much comedy. They're not particularly likable. And yeah, that's just kind of... And yeah, it doesn't really do great things with Predator lore. It has an unsensitive plot with a kid, which it's just a shame because that's the other promising thing about the movie is Predator in the suburbs. Yes, yeah. I wanted that. There's a, there's a section of this movie where it's like they're they're running around a high school or a, a, maybe it's a middle school from from a predator, and I'm like, this sounds. I, I want I want the predator stalking people around the school. This sounds amazing, and it's just not that good. Yeah, and they got you know Jacob Tremblay, who you know at the time was coming off movies like Room, and was probably one of the best child actors that you can get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can even hear him if you listen closely in the movie you can hear him say thanks predator uh, mm -hmm. i don't know what that is have you not seen room oh i have but it was a long time okay. ago <laughs> when it came out <laughs> he, yeah he used to he used to say thanks and good night to like the all the objects in the room oh okay yeah there uh, that, that was his thing uh <laughs> i just remember when he won uh an award i don't know if it was an oscar or something else but uh someone like captioned it with him like walking up to get his award and saying thanks stage thanks Mike stand thanks <laughs> <laughs> like just thanking everything around <laughs> cute uh, yeah all right well i'll give the spoiler warning then we can start working through the movie because there's a lot to talk about there's a lot of interesting decisions that, that were made in this that i think are yeah. worth delving into uh 
honestly, the first problem with the movie, and this is something that I really have to bring up in, when we discuss the film, um, but the title card for the movie, when it says the title of the movie, uh, just, it's, it's a plain white font, which is fine, there's nothing wrong with that, but the earth's in the background, so you can't actually read all of it clearly. Like, like oh. the, the the weight of the earth like obscures some of the letters, and I'm like, you couldn't have put like a, a drop shadow on the on the font, or or put the title up when it was just aiming at space, so it was a black background. Like, it was a choice, I guess. I, I just like make your text readable. Like, there's very few movies that make this mistake. The only other example I can think of in recent times was uh, that first Suicide Squad movie. When the, mm-hmm. the credits are coming up, uh, like, there's a lot of the names are obscured because it's like going over like a really bright river. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, anyway. I can't remember. Um, I did watch Replica last week and <laughs> uh, that had some pretty gnarly text. <laughs> it was just, it filled up the whole screen and it was kind of blurry. I'm like, there's just no way. There's no way. Yeah. It, <laughs> it just it stuck out to me. I was like, wait, really? It's like, because it's just not a thing where you could eat. This is, the, this is like the most fixable thing ever uh, i mean i didn't even notice but it was probably because i already knew what the title was and <laughs> well you thought i read the title when it was on the screen because i was i wasn't sure <laughs> what the title was i mean i didn't even notice but i'm sure you're right yeah anywho uh so yeah it's a predator ship like crashing on earth and uh, our main character McKenna is a sniper, and he's like waiting in the 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 trees. He's you know spying on some drug deal or something, and he's going to snipe someone. And like even on the comms, when he's like you know waiting for his target, they start cracking the jokes where they're trying to bet on whether or not like one of the guys will do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's just like okay, okay, all right. You try to give me some character, and I appreciate that like fundamentally. Yeah, it it was a it was a nice start, honestly. Like. It made me chuckle. I'm like, oh yeah, Shane Black, haha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I think my problem with this opening, like, scene or sequence is that it kind of, everything felt, I mean, this movie often feels too quick, but I think this first section in particular, because it's like, there's a predator who lands, kills like his teammates, and then he kind of has like a one-on-one little moment before he gets away. All of it just feels a bit too easy. Like, you know, like you think about what Arnold went through in that first movie uh, to, to just survive, to just not be killed. Mm-hmm. And it kind of felt like here there was just, you know... In fact, one of the things I didn't mention, I'm just thinking of it now because of some of it in this scene, is that a lot of the violence in this movie is ruined because it's all very CG. Like, you know, there's people who are getting paled or there's, you know, people exploding, but it's just all, like, CG splat. Yeah, and he was very proud that it was going to be rated R, too. yeah. And, you know, it's still enough to be rated R, but, like, it looks really... Like, Thomas Jane... Like, and we're in spoilers now, so I can... But later on, when Thomas Jane gets impaled on the tree, like, that impalement and the blood dripping off the the wood just looks so nasty. It just does not look real at all. Yeah. Uh, this opening scene, the thing that made me, like, rewind it, actually, was the... When you see the, the ship, like, landing at first onto Earth, mm. it's, it's going, like, towards the sun or through a sunset... And then the next time you see it, it's crashing where he's like under the cover of night and it's night. Um, And so I'm like, how long has this ship been falling? (laughs) And like, is it a second ship crash? Like, did I miss something? Because it looked like it was just two different, like completely different parts of the planet that were uh, that that were not in the same time zone. 
It was a slow, sustained drift. <laughs> <laughs> but also, he's like going towards the sunset, and I was I was very confused by the whole by by the ship falling. He does the mechanics of that. Yeah, the character later on confirms that this was in Mexico, I think. So that's that's where where in the world it's happening. So if that helps, it probably doesn't. It probably makes it worse. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> 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 no, that's that's fair. That's fair, uh, and, and yeah, because basically they find the ship crashes and like him and he's, his buddy are there, and he's like, you know, and no one's going to believe this, so I'm going to like take those like a, you know with a, a predator mask is there, the gunless there, and he p- puts it in his bag and he takes it off, and like, the, the setup for this movie is relatively complex for for a predator movie because part of the the plot of this is that he sends this, he posts it to. I mean, it's supposed to be a P.O. box, but they mess it up and send it just to his, like, his, his wife and son's house. And it's, you know, Jacob Tremblay ends up with this Predator mask and, like, you know, gauntlet that fires a laser beam. Um, and that, you know, that, that kind of goes into things whilst all the other stuff's going on. But, uh, like, you know, there's this whole scene in Mexico where he goes to, like, get it posted and he has to, like, scare people out of the bar. And I'm like, I'm not really sure why you have to do that part. Like, I feel like you could have just went up and, like, just show him posted it. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but the ball that turns the cloaking on, like, he uses that and then he swallows it. It's a pretty big ball to swallow, to be honest. It looked quite, uh, chunky. Yeah, yeah. He had some tequila to help. Yeah. But, uh, that, that's, you know, that, that's and his... And also dangerous, yeah, I don't know, like, <laughs> maybe this is the only thing the ball does, but, like, how do you know <clears throat> if you swallow it, it doesn't just make you invisible all the time? That yeah. would be tricky. Also, yeah, when, he, when it first pops out the gauntlet thing, I thought, how do you know that's not, like, a little explosive? That could be, like, a mini grenade. <laughs> also, you kind of want to, like, get out of here and be undetected. Like, why not just use it and, like, escape? Yeah, because he <laughs> literally... people who are looking for you. <laughs> yeah, he literally Batman's out of the scene using it because, uh, you know, the, the, the bartender turns around and he's gone. Mm-hmm. And then he taps him on the shoulder and reveals where he is. But, like, this literally worked. You could just be walking around invisible, you tit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's one of these weird things where, yeah, like we, when you talk about like future, you know more predator movies, we have only had the first two for so long, right? Or I know we got the AVPs, but ignore them. It's like Shh, they don't exist. It's like oh yeah, and they kind of did this with Lawrence Fishburne and Predators as well. But in both cases, it's been kind of like meh. It's like oh, what if a human gets their hands on some of this tech and is able to use it? And both times that like, they've they've done it, it's been kind of like oh, this is just kind of. <laughs> like they're not using it in interesting ways like the way you want it to see it used is you want it to see it used against a predator like imagine like we get into like mm-hmm. a situation where it's like arnold versus the predator again right where it's one-on-one rambo style and then the hero manages to get a hold of the, the tech and like goes invisible and the predator's not expecting it and then he gets to stalk the predator like you know whoever it may be that the hero yeah, in that make movie it a real fair fight right yeah than hunt. like you want to see it used to be turned the tables but instead it's just used here for like you know like it's just here and it's used, you know, towards the end where he kind of, like, surprises someone and that's kind of it. Like, it's never used really against the Predator uh, in no. any way. Which is, you know, it sucks. Um, and then the, the end of the movie, which we're going to save till the end, but that tries to get as excited about more Predator tech. Some sequel bait at the end there. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, which I had completely forgotten about that scene. <laughs> Me too, actually. To, to the point where I had the same thoughts the first time that I saw it, where I thought I was about to get a cameo from someone, <laughs> and instead it was me too. I went through the same thing. I'm like, oh, it's going to be a cameo or something, and then uh, yeah, we get 
this tease for a sequel that has never even in the theater ever. I was like, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, yeah, because by the time they came out, it was already like torn to shreds, and everyone yeah. was saying it was a disaster, and it was like, well, this is clearly not getting any sort of sequel. Yeah. Um. You know, Prey does not count as a sequel to this. This is the Prey is like a redo. This is a reboot, <laughs> effectively. Yeah. So well, we'll see. It comes out in just a couple of days. Um, don't date when we record this. <laughs> I said a couple. As far as they know, this is exactly when it arrived on YouTube and the podcast feed. <laughs> anyway. Coming out next, guys. <laughs> so. Yeah, so he so he gets picked up by the the military guys, uh, by well by the secret organization that looks for the predator. The same one that Gary Busey was like work, working for. Now it's Sterling K. Brown who's in charge. <laughs> so they're doing that, and they go get Olivia Munn in the scene we mentioned, and she's taken to them. Now here's 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 a here's a good example. Of what I said earlier of like I like the concept of like a moment here. But I think it's purely delivered and executed, and I'm not necessarily blaming Olivia Munn for this. I think it's also maybe the, how she was directed, which is again weird because Shane Black's normally good at this. I don't know what's so off about this movie, but like the moment where she, you know, she she sort of like flips the classic line where she sees the predator lying on the table and says, "You're one beautiful mother effer." I actually loved that subversion. I actually think that's a really smart little idea to have like someone, you know, a scientist or whoever, like a who, biologist yeah, who's obsessed with finding yeah. an alien, yeah. Who would be excited of seeing an alien saying it that way? I'm like, that's actually a really good good idea, but it's it's kind of that. What's the best way I can? So there's certain lines where like there's like a there's a right time to use them, right? There's a right time to build up to them and sort of have them be. And in this case, it's not really a joke, but I'm still going to call it a punchline because it's like the payoff line to like a moment. And there's a crescendo. There's like a, a moment to to do it, and then there's. A time where it feels like it's just thrown out there and it's it's uttered in a way at the wrong time where it just kind of lands flat and just feels like it's it's been glossed over where you're not really giving it the 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 moment it's supposed to have um like a, a, a famous example that i see get made fun of all the time this is not really a timing thing but you remember indiana jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull not really i no. mean i know i saw it <laughs> right well there's a moment in it where shia labeouf looks up at Harrison Ford and he says, I thought you were supposed to be a teacher. And Harrison Ford says, part-time, right? Like, that's that's his response. If you watch the trailer for that movie, he says it kind of like what I just did, right? <laughs> in his Harrison Ford way. But the, but for some reason, they used a different take in the movie. They went with a, a diff, an alternate take where he says the exact same line, but he sort of goes, part-time. <laughs> he sort of says it in this really weird cadence. <laughs> And it just completely makes like a, like a, all, all, you know, a kind of a cool line where I'm just a part-time teacher turns into this weird, like, that was Comedy, a line. Yeah. yeah. That was a line in the script that you're belting out <laughs> in some sort of weird way. Um, <laughs> and it's not the exact same thing, but it's just an example I'm given of like, like even the exact same line of dialogue, if you just say it slightly differently, just doesn't sound quite right. Um... Like, for example, here, there should have really been a good couple of seconds of her staring at the Predator in awe yeah. before she said or it. Or, like, maybe make some comments about, like, his biology or something, like well, the, well, the mandibles. Because or... there's no, like, the, the, like and when I say build-up, I, I mean, like, the same shot. Like, have the shot linger on her face looking at the Predator for a good few seconds before she finally says the line. 
But the, the scene's cutting like a rattle from her to Stella K. Brown to Jake Busey. It's just jumping around constantly because they're all spouting exposition. That's the other problem with this, is that there's a couple of okay ideas in, in what they're trying to do in the movie, but everything's told to is just through it, characters explaining it like over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's not, And it's not even things they know for sure. There's some cool ideas that Stella K. Brown just kind of comes out with at one point, but it's like... Uh, you're just telling me this. This is not interesting. If see, I'll, I'll get into we'll get into it as we get to the moment. I need to open the door for the cat. What's your thoughts on the early <laughs> Actually, Olivia Munn stuff? <laughs> okay, yeah. I well, yeah. I, I agree that the. I actually, I do think the line delivery is off, and I think it might be just her acting in the moment because I think she could deliver this line as a scientist who is actually like just in awe of what she's looking at, but. It just doesn't come off as believable when she says it. Um, I don't hate the the little dialogue between the three of them, between Sterling Kane Brown, Jake Busey, and Olivia Munn when they're doing the exposition stuff, because there is kind of a fun thing that happens during it where they keep cutting each other off in order to like say the next part because everybody actually knows already what's going on and they all just want to sound impressive. Like, I know what you're going to say, so I'm going to do it first. Um, I actually thought that dynamic did work for me until the point where she was just like, you guys can stop. Like, you just want to know if someone had sex with an alien. <laughs> that part actually did get me. I thought that was all right. But um, uh, I agree. It was a bit one. like quick and quirky. And we've already had so much quirky in the film that um, maybe it's it's just too much. But if that was the only thing that was quirky up until, you know, then if it wasn't just constant... Here's a comedy beat, comedy beat, comedy beat. Then I think that scene would have probably worked better for you. But I, I like the little acting bits because we don't get that much Jake Busey, and I like Jake Busey. So like, this was his moment, you know. And I, I liked his little acting of like he cut me off, and I was gonna say that <laughs> in his eyes, you know. Sure, sure. I I, I think Sterling K. Brown's character, like, on top of the quirkiness, is that he, they also try to make him like absurdly evil at times. So he'll just sort of like go really serious all of a sudden after he's been mm-hmm. smelling and doing quips. And it feels like a really, again, this is this word again, try hard attempt to create this character who you're scared of because he's like funny and he'll turn it, you know, the drop of a drop of a hat. It's just like, eh, it's, it's not really working. Um, yeah, I mean, he is a really charismatic guy and like he could have had like one thing, but instead he had like multiple things where he was a, a quick talker and very quippy and he had like this gum chewing thing he always did. And then he, on top of that, he had a laugh that was like Woody the Woodpecker, the, <laughs> and then, but then there's <laughs> also, the but there's also the shifting between the jokey version of his character and then the ultra serious. He, I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was just too much. Like he, he maybe he is like the example, the little, you know, microcosm of the whole yeah the whole movie yeah you can <laughs> you can almost too much in it you can almost just describe yeah every problem with the whole movie just through his character <laughs> um, yeah he, he's not cgi at any point i don't think but. that's true yeah yeah <laughs> um, he's mostly a man in a suit <laughs> like yeah but regular like man suit not <laughs> not sterling k brown suit not, not a predator suit <laughs> Maybe there's a tiny alien who's just living in a Sterling K. Brown suit. Uh, uh, you know, so we, we enter the characters in the bus. I mean, we already kind of talked about uh, them and how we feel about them for the most part. Um, 
there's not really much I like on the bus between these characters. Again, everything just feels like they're trying really, really hard to make them quirky and likable, but they honestly come off as kind of annoying. And not even in like a... When I say they're unlikable, they're not unlikable the way that they're, they're too... Uh, like mundane or dark or, or dour. It's actually just kind of the sad thing where they're trying really hard to be likable, but they're just not. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's a shame. But uh, they're near where their research base is because, and it just because it turns out, oh, that, that must be next to where they were questioning them, where the bus is going or leaving from. I think it's where it's arriving, actually. I think it's where it's arriving because they're, they're coming in. Um, and of course, the, when the predator they've got sedated, right, wakes up, um, he just like, <laughs> you know, he bites into a guy's arm, he gets up, he starts throwing people around and, and hitting them. Um, I like the moment that he actually bites into a person because I don't think we've ever seen that before. I'm like, oh yeah, the mandibles in use. All right. <laughs> in that moment, because he's tied down. Yeah, that's okay. There's a scene, there's a moment later on though with the big one in the, f- yeah. the, the forest that I hate because it wasn't a predator kill, it was an alien kill where he just yeah, grabs weird. someone up and bites their head off. Not that an alien, a xenomorph, would bite a head off per se, but in the same in the way that it's just like picking someone up and like biting them or, you know, and, you know, quick kill. Um, it's like, this is not how yeah. a predator hunts. This is not how it's a predator kills. It's just an kills. alien, or not alien, it's like an alien mixed with a lion at that point or something, yeah. or like a shark. It's just... It's, it's just a creature instead it's the, yeah, of yeah, a hunter. Just, just a regular monster, basically. Yeah. Um, but guess up. He's, 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 and I thought this is the you know it's playing really loose and fast with the rules. So there's this whole thing where Olivia Munn runs to the decontamination bit and takes her clothes off again and like covers naked. And the predator, when he walks past her, chooses not to to do anything, right? And she later on like you know says to the others, "Oh, I was unarmed and naked, and it, it chose to let, let me go." And I thought, well, that's all fine and well, but, like, a lot of the people that he was killing, like, in the main part of this lab, were all just scientists who were standing around in lab coats. Like, they weren't all packing heat. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, oh, sure, the first two or three who came up and hold him down, okay, they're physically holding him down. So, yeah, he's, he's got, like, a reason to be like, ah, yeah. To bite them. Yeah. But, like, he, he he's basically just going through and, like, mopping the floor with all of them and then just leaves her alone, pretty much. Uh, it's... You know, it's, it's, it's just a bit awkward and inconsistent uh, with what they're doing. Um, she is the only one, like, cowering, I think, yeah. you know? Because she's in, like, a position where she's, like, completely naked and holding onto her knees and stuff. Like, she, she she's definitely not a threat. Which which is weird, because it's actually, like, once you actually get the rest of the movie, this seems out of character that she's this scared. <laughs> she's just trying to get out of there, yeah. <laughs> it's just smart. I mean, that's a smart thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the predator like grabs some of the early like, artifacts. And they've got like a predator mask and stuff like in a case. And he's like, "I'm having that because you mine's not here." Uh, he's looking for Jacob Tremblay because apparently they can look through the helmet and see another helmet's POV. <laughs> he's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I know where to go." <laughs> uh, this this movie has yeah. universal translators for predators. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sure. It's whatever. Fine. Um, but yeah, Olivia Munn like, gets dressed and just starts chasing it with a trank gun as if she's going to like bag a predator on her own. <laughs> yeah, I don't... She says something like, not my not my space alien or something, or my space animal, and she goes after it like... Uh, she just wants to be the one to take it down. She was so weird about it, though. It's when she said, not my space animal or not my space monster, I thought that meant she was like, oh, well, it's not my problem. I'm not going to like endanger myself. 
And then she immediately started chasing after it. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? I think she wanted to take it down with the trank and not have somebody kill it. Okay. okay. I think that was the point. But she does sort of become like a super soldier in just a matter of three seconds. seconds. Yeah, she, she's <laughs> jumping over railings, they're going over all this industrial area. Then she eventually jumps on the top of the bus and then shoots herself in the foot with a trank gun. And I'm just like, what is this movie? What, what is this hijinks comedy mm-hmm. that you're trying to throw in here? Because, like... <laughs> I mean, it's not that there's no comedy in Predator, but, like, imagine one of those characters, like, tripping and shooting themselves in the foot. <laughs> it's just too much comedy. Yeah, it's too much comedy. And then it, it keeps going because, like, you know, this is this is how she meets the, the rest of the guys. And McKenna's looking at us, oh, so come, come down, miss, I'll catch it. And then he just kind of, like, gets distracted and walks away and she falls onto the ground. Yeah, what a dick move. And it's like, oh, sorry. And then for some reason, when they get, like, some bikes, which, oh, yeah, we can't ignore. This is an excuse to yell out, get to the choppers. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, like, a motorbike bar yeah. or something with all these bikes outside. Um... For some reason, like, when he picks her up and puts her on the bike with him, he does it in the most sexy, like, way possible, where she's, like, facing his front. I thought about that, too. I'm like, is it, is it because she, she's, her foot's, like, asleep and she can't, like, use maybe her whole leg or something is just unusable, that this is the only way for her to hold on well or to get on the bike in an interesting way? Or to, in like, interesting, but, like, a, a way that she can hold on to better? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Uh, or is it just like, or would it be sexy? Yeah, like she should be behind him, right? That's the classic. I mean, I will, I will accept that she can't be behind because she has no grip to hold on. But I don't see why she couldn't be facing the same direction in the front. <laughs> I don't you know. know. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Uh, it just it felt very. Intimate. It reminds me of the night and day trailer and poster, <laughs> the Tom Cruise one. <laughs> I'm like, you just met this woman. And that is meant to be like a sexy scene. <laughs> Not only did you just meet this woman 10 seconds ago, you let her fall after promising to like help uh, save her. Yeah, I mean, I, I do enjoy that, like, apart from this, where they never even like acknowledge anything about it being sexy, like this is just the most practical way to carry oh, yeah, her in this moment. Uh, yeah. there, there isn't any like love interest in no, the no. man. Well, except for one guy who's the one guy I actually do kind of like in this gang oh no who, who sort no. of takes this as like he keeps talking about it like this is their meat cute <laughs> I did like that I thought that was funny yeah I mean what one of the few things that I thought was slightly funny is when so they go to like a motel or whatever and it's when she's waking up and like uh, they're like okay everyone act natural don't, don't be too close to her you'll creep her out and she wakes up and looks over and just like these five weirdos are all just sort of standing awkwardly. I was like, okay, that's slightly funny. Like, sure. Because yeah, it's just yeah. this, you know, oh, weird yeah. sight mean, to wake up to. I know Shane Black can do comedy. So there is stuff in here that is funny to me. You know, I, I do think the guy who's not quite there is misinterpreting his interactions with her as like, this is our meet cute and this is how I'm going to talk about it. I, I do think that's funny. I do think that moment that you're talking about just now is funny. And like yeah, some of the, the stuff the, with uh, with uh, with Thomas Jane is funny, but most of the time he's just too over the top. No, I me. I agree most of the time. But one of the lines from him I actually kind of liked here is before she wakes up, uh, he's holding a gun and he's this is you know this is the first time I've heard a gun in a long time. And one of the others says, "Oh, how does what does it feel like?" And I actually thought his delivery of a gun 
was actually quite funny. Yeah, yeah, it was just his delivery was good. I actually felt kind of bad for the character a little bit because um, when Olivia Munn gets up, he has so we learned earlier on he's got Tourette's, right? So he just shouts a couple of random things here or there, Mm -hmm. and he shouts something about uh, something something your pussy, right? As she's about to walk out the door, and she turns and says, "What did you just say?" It's like uh, nothing, and everyone starts covering for him, and I'm like. Just tell her he's got Tourette's. Like, this yeah, is not rocket science. That was, like, the most easiest thing he could do. And she's, like, a biologist. She'd understand. And I felt really bad. <laughs> I actually felt kind of bad for the character because she turned to him and says, you stay away from me and walked away like he was, like, a creep. And I'm like, no, he's got Tourette's. This is not fair. <laughs> You're just going to yeah. let her think he's some, like, weirdo? <laughs> and maybe he is a weirdo, but he's not a weirdo in that way. Look. <laughs> Yeah, I, Olivia Munn uh, should like she's a biologist. She should know better. <laughs> but it's just it's got that annoying. Uh, I call it the Melissa McCarthy problem, where the, the joke goes on too long. Because I don't think it's very funny. But even if I did think it was funny, it goes on too long. Where it's like, what did you say? Nothing. It's like you said pussy. It's like no, no, I said something else. Like no, I thought you said pussy. And then someone else. I, okay, the one part of it that I thought was slightly amusing actually is uh it's the guy you like where he says he didn't mean your pussy in particular (laughs) i actually thought that was slightly amusing (laughs) yeah well i thought that guy was okay because he doesn't really have too much of a character that's like even him and um alfie allen whoever he plays like an irish guy or something like they're both kind of neutral like they don't really have too much that's annoying that they do you know they're just sort of the the ones that are like on screen the least i mean out of the group. See, I didn't really like the the one you like, the jokes with him hitting Olivia Munn. I didn't really like those. And he's got one that I really hated later on uh, where someone uses the R word, right? Uh, kind of in reference. I don't know if they're actually referencing because uh, Jacob Tremblay's character is autistic. Uh, uh, just to yeah. say that. I don't know if I mentioned that yet. Um, oh, someone else says it about something else. I yeah. Think. And then uh, someone says, don't use that word. And that guy he- turns, turns around and says, yeah, his son's and uses it and it's meant yeah. to be this joke moment and i was like ah, yeah. edgy I at it. <laughs> edgy edgy humor i don't know it just it didn't do it for me um i kind of laughed at it but since you brought up jacob Tremblay, and i'm sure this is the trope you're going to talk about i i think it's so dumb and so old-fashioned that every oh, kid on the spectrum has to also be a savant <laughs> it's, it's... <so> <laughs> Well, it's that's, so that's, untruthful. It's this idea that, and because movies and TV shows have been doing this for a long time, and they kind of stopped doing it. This is kind of a weird like thing this movie yeah, brought back. Yeah, it feels really like '90s, you know. Yeah. And so it's this idea that someone who's autistic is actually kind of a chosen one who can do really intelligent things and complex things because. You know what they've lost elsewhere by being on the spectrum. They've got these. Like, it's it's like Daredevil. They've lost. He's, you know, they lost exactly. his sight. So the, the all the other senses kick into high gear. Like that's what it. That's effectively trying to say about it's autistic people. A, yeah, it's such an old trope. Uh, I, I watched a made-for-TV movie with Kelsey Grammer <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, and it was the same thing. I'm like, oh, '90s. You know, like <laughs> you kind of forgive it before the time, but like even then, they should have known better. There's there's a little bit of it in uh, Cube right but it's not like you know it's it's like one little plot beat it's not like a huge thing um and some more some are more guilty of it than others or whatever but here like it's it's this really awkward thing where i do think whenever this first started 
I could imagine it might have been like fairly well intentioned, and it was like trying to show, oh, like so. Obviously, people may have a have a like a stigma with autistic people that you you want to put someone like that in a film, and you want to try and get across that you know they're still capable, you know, capable. Uh, there's still a value to society, whatever, whatever it is you try to say. And maybe there was some sort of you know, albeit maybe you know not great in the long run but well intentioned but the thing is though the more I could, but once it started happening over and over and it became a trope it, it started it almost hurts the perception of autistic people and helps yeah, them because it, it's this like now people expect oh, you're autistic you have a superpower of some type yeah. right? <laughs> are you a great artist <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah it, like so it, it's just super dated and weird and so, so the movie like talks about how some people see autism as the next stage of evolution, and like that, that ties into what something the predators might be trying to do. But I mean, it's kind of all just theory in the movie, but uh, it, it seems like it is true by the end, just given what the big predators doing. But um, yeah, so we're interested to him, and we get school bullies who, you know, pick on him, and um, it's it's that weird thing where right at the start of the film where, uh, you know, he's he's in like chess club or something. And these bullies ring the fire alarm, and then they come in and pick on him. And yeah, by the way, where like where's this shitty teacher who knows she has an autistic kid in her class and he isn't just left him? Yeah, he's left on his own, and he's yeah, he just didn't do a head count at the door when the fire alarm went off. Yeah, it really really she really sad. Fired. Um, but these two bullies like notice them and come in, and they just start yelling. Um, I'm in the mood for a tasty Asperger, like over and over again, and. Yeah, it, it. But anyway, they knock over all the chess pieces off of all the boards, and then at the end of the scene, Jacob Tremblay starts picking them up and putting them all back exactly where they were, and it's to show that. See you, look. Uh, which. Mm. Yeah. Right at that moment, I think in the first view, and I went, "Oh, this feels like it's going places that I don't think are going to be good." <laughs> yeah. Mm. So. He's a very special boy. Sadly, yeah, that is the vibe. That is the vibe they're going for. Um, yeah. And I don't really feel anything between him and his father as a relationship. You know, it just kind of feels like they're in the scenes together Even later on. him and his mother, I thought. His mother talked to him like he wasn't really her son. She's like, you know, like uh, Frankenstein. You know, he threw a girl in the water to see if she would float. No? Like, why would he know that unless you showed it to him? He's like eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly common knowledge for like eight year olds. Yeah, it's just this. Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen Frankenstein. I don't really remember that scene. That's not the scene that people remember. I, don't, I mean, I remember that scene. <laughs> it's it's kind of weird though not to say there's the doctor who like you know makes them. That's kind of the main thing I'd mention about Frankenstein. But whatever. You know, it's alive. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's also not Frankenstein. It's Frankenstein's monster. So uh, shame on you, uh, mother. You're, you're teaching. Well, no wonder he didn't know who it was. And she gave him the wrong name. <laughs> you're teaching your son horrible, horrible out of place habits. Um, <laughs> okay, but why is it called Bride of Frankenstein then, and Son of Frankenstein? If his name isn't also Frankenstein, that's probably why it's the Miles confusion. Honestly, it's probably those sequels. I, I suspect that you could argue that because he's technically Victor Frankenstein's son, his creation, mm -hmm. that his surname is also Frankenstein. <laughs> Actually, he does have a name. His name is Adam. He's Adam Frankenstein, then. Mm-hmm. He calls him Adam after because... Yeah, of course. Dr. Frankenstein is God, and he's made as Adam. Yeah. <laughs> so the second movie should have been called 
Eve of Frankenstein is what you're telling me. Yes. <laughs> uh, Frankenstein's a much better name than Adam, though. Oh, true. Yes, it's much, much, much cooler. Um, so, all, all, all of the, all of this stuff uh, is you know there throughout the film, and it ties back into like the the Predator lore, which we'll get to in a bit. Um, but basically, when they realize that the Predator is looking for his tech that was taken, of course, the main character's like. Uh oh, <laughs> I sent that to my family. Uh, so he goes looking for them. And was it just me or was it weird that Jacob Tremblay was going trick or treating on his own without his mother? It felt like he was a bit young for that. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe she's like, yeah, he's got this. <laughs> Some questionable parents. He's so young and, you know, he has like this sweet voice. And <laughs> like, even if you argue that kids this age do go trick or treating on their own, they'll be in groups. And yeah, I I'm trying to think like, when did I go trick-or-treating without my mother? Because oh, yeah, there was, like, a short period there. And I definitely went without her when I was, like, 11 and 12. But I was with my at least another friend, at least one other yeah. person. But on top of that, though, even if you argue that he is old enough technically by average standards, he does have, like, a specific condition that makes it a little bit different for him to be wandering around on his own. So, yeah. you know, I'm just... And she's probably heard, like, I mean, he kind of just tells her, like, I don't want to wear those because people will still recognize me. So she knows that he's being bullied. Yeah, he's scared of someone. Yeah, like, she's an awful mother. Like, I <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like she's a single mom. So, you know, she's got a lot going on. Oh, I sure. Uh, yeah. Like, I'll cut some slack for a single parent, but this this feels like it's going over a lot of lines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, also, uh, one thing that stuck out to me is when McKenna shows up to, like, sort of yell, where is he? Where's the tech? And stuff. And she's like, what, are you looking for the package? What's the, what's the big deal? He ordered some video games. That's not a big deal. And I'm like, where's this, like, eight-year-old getting money to order a box that size full of video games? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just, like, has he got a side gig that, you, that you're in support of? Uh, do you, maybe mm -hmm. he's... Do you put an, his allowance into a bank account that he can then use his... Maybe he's a Twitch streamer or something. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, uh... I mean, maybe it's changed now, but when I was young, you couldn't actually get a debit card to use and things like that until you were 16. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's I changed. Mean, I didn't get mine until I was... I think I was younger than that. Well, it wasn't a debit card. It was like an ATM card, so you could only use it to withdraw money. Yeah, I had a bank card before then, but I didn't get one that I could use to like properly pay for things until sixteen. Yeah, I think I was sixteen. Yeah, uh, but that's the sort of thing that may have changed. We, we, we might be old dinosaurs now. Maybe, maybe things have completely shifted. Maybe, but uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's just another little thing. But yeah, so they they go looking for them. Actually, so I'm going to tell you the uh, the last thing I thought was funny. Right, there's been like two or three jokes I've said I thought were kind of funny. The last one that I thought was funny, and it was kind of, I mean, it's out of place in this movie because I think it's too light and jokey for this, for a Predator movie, but it did make me laugh, and it's a payoff to something that I thought was bad until the joke made it kind of worth the, the payoff for it, and that's when, uh, so it's McKenna's wife, it's after McKenna goes to find her son, and all of the other guys just stay at their house, and and it's not even his house because he's he's left his wife he's not like in the marriage anymore but they all just stick around with her and one of them uh, uh nebraska is like oh we should play let's go and help him let's go it could be his team 
and he says, what's your husband like? As if he's, you know, the man that I think he is, then he's probably worth going to help. And Yvonne Strahovski gives this speech about how much of a great soldier he is, as there's, like, patriotic, like, trumpet, <laughs> and, like, you know, a horn comes in to give it this backing music, and it's really cheesy, and I really hated this moment, until it get capped off with Thomas Jane going, sounds like he can take care of himself then. <laughs> mm-hmm. I actually thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> There was a joke I liked in it, but you wouldn't understand the reference, so oh, okay. I'm sure I'm sure you hated it. But when sure. they when they first get Olivia Munn and they're going down the elevator, and the guy goes, "Is this room actually stretching, or is it your imagination?" It's from the Haunted Mansion ride at Disneyland. Uh... <laughs> okay. So okay. I laughed at it because I go to Disneyland like every two weeks. It's... Well, not right now because it's blacked out for. You know, summer. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I didn't get the reference. So yeah, the, the, it was lost on me. I just thought it was yeah. being weird and cookie, like every other character in the movie. I mean, it's still cookie, but it's it's, it's slightly less cookie because it's a reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, something as Californians know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess this is the. I mean, there's a bunch of action scenes here, of course, because like the predators like hunting the kid for the mask in that and like there, there's there's some scenes there's some action uh they've got like a winnebago now and the kid blowing up the uh the guy in the the teenager in the house was pretty funny too though. oh yeah yeah he, he sets the blaster <laughs> off um but you know so there's a bunch of chasing action here the big predator shows up and he's got his like, alien dog things and uh, uh yeah, there's, a, there's basically a lot going on here. Uh, like All this action stuff's pretty quickly cut. That I remember once it sort of slows down a little bit and they're, they get to the school and he's given... They try to give the Predator his stuff back because that's what he's after. Um, so we get a little bit of stalking around the school and that's when the big Predator pulls the, the regular Predator through the window and uh, splits him in half, basically. Just rips him apart uh, after a bit of a fight. Yeah. You guys liked having a man in a costume? Well, guess what? <laughs> now you Not get anymore. this big uncanny valley CG bastard uh, at this point. Yeah. Uh, who goes Jerks. Who goes to Jacob Tremblay's house. This is the last time you see the mum, actually. is Because uh, she doesn't die here, I think. She's just kind of like, she, you know, she screams and hides, I guess. And mm-hmm. then that's it. Bit of a seer again. <laughs> that's just that's all, all it is. Yeah, that's right. Um, and the characters all just run away in the Winnebago uh, after this big thing happens. Because the big part is not really caring about them yet. Uh, later on, he cares a bit because he sort of, like, d- you know, researches and, like I say, he goes and does, like, some detective work at their house and realizes this kid's been translating stuff and he's good with the tech and he's like, oh, this kid's, like, like a genius. <laughs> I need to have this kid. Um, I guess this is a good time before we, like, talk about the rest of the, just the, the sequence of events and action is to talk about what the actual Predator lore is supposed to be here. And I don't hate all of it, right? So, the idea that this movie is trying to introduce, and I guess Predators was trying to do this as well to an extent, but this is, in theory, more interesting if it was pulled off better, which would be that, yeah, like, not all Predators are on the same side, right? The idea that they have their own political disputes and that the smaller Predator... And it makes it kind of weird that he was just murdering people left and right when he woke up. But the smaller predator is actually like a, an activist who wants to save Earth. 
<laughs> so silly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily like the activist part, but just the idea that, like, if you think of the idea of, like, predators having, like, two political parties and there's kind of, like, a civil war going on and that, like, fight spills into the earth because there's a predator from either side, like, and they're fighting over something relating to earth and what they do on earth. Like, that's kind of interesting. Like, I could get into that. But it goes further than that, though, because Dylan K. Yeah. Brown comes up with the idea that because of climate change and because we've only maybe got a couple of good generations left in us uh, before it's all done, is that's why the predators are visiting more often now is because they realize that we're on a clock, so they want to get all their hunts in <laughs> all they can. It's like a we're, we're going extinct. Uh, and the, so the smaller predator actually kind of wants to like give us the information to save the earth he wants and maybe he could be cynical and say it's because he wants to keep hunting he wants the hunting grounds to stay alive yeah but, he doesn't want his foxes to all die out <laughs> but that's what he's here to do but the big predator and the other big part of this is that olivia munn's realizing that they are uh like genetically modifying predators on the predator home world they collect spines now we got lore for that yeah i kind of hate the tried to give that a reason like it was it, it, it was cooler when there were just trophies that that was yeah. more interesting uh because because the first predator like oh there's some but human did they really collect spines didn't they just rip out the spinal column because it was attached to the head and they kept the that's skull. true that's true yeah when we see it then the predator too it's just skulls in the on on the ship you're right so good point good point maybe, um, maybe the spines go into a different drawer yeah, it's just a just a drawer of spines. <laughs> this is the spinal. No, they put it on like a a vertical rack, and they call it the spinal column. Yeah. 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 I saw where you were going with that joke a mile away. Um. So anyway, uh, it, 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 yes. So because of this, that that's what Stone K. Brown suspects, and the reason why the big predator wants the kid is because. The, the the bigger predators uh, have just accepted that it's going away to the planet, and they're just trying to like basically get preserve and get some of the the better DNA specimens. That uh, sweet sweet DNA. And because he's special, they want him or he wants him. So yeah, because the first predator they get, they mention there's some human DNA, and I'm like, wait, did, did, did like I mean obviously not the one in the first movie because he died and didn't go back with all of his stuff, but the idea that. Uh, you know, someone hunted an Arnold-like type and won on Earth, mm-hmm. and like they sent that DNA back and they've spliced that into some predators. So this is like the, you know, <laughs> the Jesse the Body Ventura version of a predator. <laughs> they got that sweet. Uh, I can't think of anyone's name right now. They probably don't have Bill Paxton. I don't think that predator collected Bill Paxton's spine. Maybe they got Buseys though. Yeah, maybe they got Buseys, yeah. That's yeah. the next stage of evolution. Yeah, because that's what the predator needs. Bigger teeth. <laughs> More teeth. <laughs> Behind the mandibles. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I, like, so yeah, there's parts of it I don't necessarily hate, but like, they the, the, the wanted to take the kid and the the special qualities and all that stuff. And obviously, all, and just the way it's told to us, like, it's all just Dylan K. Brown telling this to to your McKenna you know it's, it's all just dialogue it's all just like see if you gave me a movie where there was two predators who were kind of hunting the humans but they were seemed also but seemed more angry at each other 
and it was it played out slowly and by the end you yeah, start like it's a competition yeah. or something because they're still hunting but you, you know? but by the end of the movie you start to get an impression of like oh maybe one of them's actually more on our side and it just we just didn't realize it until then like if you sort of played that out slowly I, yeah that could be kind of intriguing and the reason why it would be intriguing is because you're starting to sort of see the hints and signs that you know what the conflict's really about but in this movie it's just you know the big predator wins immediately and then there's just like you know here's you know two minutes of exposition spouted at you with with very little you know panache or interest maybe too much panache <laughs> sorry sterling k brown i'm still on your side but just not in this movie yeah that's, that's the other thing that olivia Munn, uh her character ends up being really good at is when she's like tied up to a chair she like spins out of it and basically takes on the soldier like she's Black Widow. You know, at the start of yeah, Avengers. Totally. It's, it's basically that scene. <laughs> I'm like, you're a biologist. And this man who was guarding you is a trained, like, you know, soldier or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Just lots of, lots of weird. It was an things. alien dog that he was distracted by, though. Sure. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll go with that. Uh, but it's, it's a very uh, wacky I think it's scene. Funny. I do think it's funny that they keep having uh, Olivia Munn with dogs in this movie because I don't know if you are familiar, but she's like a big advocate for uh, adoption. Like if you drive around uh, Los Angeles, you'll see billboards with her and like dogs saying like adopt, don't shop and stuff like that. And they keep putting her with dogs in this movie. So I'm wondering if that was like part of her contract. <laughs> OK, but I have to have dogs. Yes. Uh, Earth or otherwise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> So, yeah, the bad guys show up and tie them up and take the kid because they think the kid can lead them to where, where the big guy's ship is. And so they just kidnap the kid, basically. Uh, but then the good guys all break out of their, their restraints. A couple of them went off to fetch a helicopter. They steal, like, a, like it's like a news show's helicopter. Uh, it's, it's like a two-woman hosted show because they're on the side of the helicopter. It's like Beth mm-hmm. and Beth or something like that. <laughs> um, and they fly that. So this is us getting Act 3. That's that's the thing here. We're getting into Act Three. Oh, and I just remembered the th- right. So this is I'm reminded here because I just remembered this really stupid moment. And this is I couldn't I couldn't believe I didn't remember this. This is when the predator wants a ride in the back of a truck that's been driven by like one of the soldiers. Like after after the whole thing with the bus and like escaping the base, and he goes into the back of this truck and there's like yeah there's a half dozen guys with guns like sort of sitting in the back of this truck, and the predator comes on. And kills all the ones in the back, just you know, rips arms off, tears them to shreds, and the the driver who hears a bit of a ruckus but doesn't you know hear all the things he should be hearing because this this would be a lot of noise, uh, just kind of like goes everything okay back there, and the predator holds a severed arm through the hole going out of the front of the truck with a little thumb up to say a hey, okay buddy, and pulls it back. I'm sorry. This is like Tammy and the T-Rex joke, this moment. I like this moment. <laughs> this is this. This moment made me laugh. How would the Predator know that th- what a thumbs up means? They've been coming to Earth for like 300 years. I just... Oh my god. They study their, their, their prey before they go in for the slaughter. But I, I thought this was, was funny. I thought this was a... Stupid. It was stupid, but it did make me laugh. It doesn't belong in a Predator movie, come on. Right? I, 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 okay, you think it's dumb enough that you, you got a chuckle out of it, but like, you agree that it's not, it shouldn't be in your Predator movie? Uh, 
I don't know. I think it fits this Predator movie. Yes, but it wouldn't fit in one or two. <laughs> Probably not, no. Yeah, I didn't... No, I did not like that moment. Anyway, so... Yeah, they go off the helicopter, and they have a bit of a standoff. Well, actually, first, uh, uh, the uses the cloaking tech to, like, sneak in. Uh, yeah, and Stella K. Brown is just evil to this kid. He's like, oh, I hope your dad comes so I can kill him. <laughs> like, just, mm-hmm. just, just being evil for no reason. Your dad is the dumbest mother ever. Oh, wait, no, actually, it's a distraction. <laughs> yeah. So they end up in this weird shootout outside, and the Irish guy gets killed by the Predator, but he fires off a flare gun to let everyone know the Predator's there just as he's dying. And then the Predator, like, taps into their translator system. They've got a computer there. So for the first time in movie franchise, the Predator just... Impl- I mean, obviously, he's not speaking in English, but we effectively get to hear a full couple of sentences from a Predator through Microsoft Sam. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Where he says, I detect that McKenna's the, the true warrior amongst you. So he's basically deciding at this point that McKenna's the Arnold slash Danny Glover of the, the movie. And he has not earned he's that. He's the one worthy. He has not earned that that uh, identification it's at all. It's such a small pa- spinal column. <laughs> That's not a trophy. Just a tiny little Jacob Tremblay head. And he gives, he gives him a head start. And... They decide to team up because the predator is too dangerous. So they all go off at the nearby woods together. Why do they think that's a good idea? I don't know. Yeah, I know. Predator, I mean, I like the idea that the government has dealt with enough predators on Earth to know, like, okay, we need to have, like, a division, a yeah. department or whatever to study these things because they're coming back. Um so I like that they have something that says we've been we've been studying we've we're, we're learning about them we got the weapons we have the stories of the people who survived, whatever. Uh, but they're clearly you know <laughs> they're fighting in the 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 predators element by going into the forest with tall trees. <laughs> yeah, the sad part seems like a mistake. The sad part of all this is that the the ending the third act that was supposed to be there did sound more interesting. Uh, I don't have too much details, but the the thing that was generally known about it is that it was going to involve them teaming up with a predator to take on the big predator. Which, when you watch the rest of the movie, you can see how it would happen. You could see like mm-hmm. uh, how, how you know a predator would be like, okay, I need help taking down this big guy. So they kind of because I think some of the photos of them in tanks, like there's a predator like sticking his head out the tank, like he's with them. So uh, oh, that's funny. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I, th- I would have liked to have seen that. It's, 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 this is all from memory, but that that was like you know the the, the main gist of it. But obviously the real. Well, I mean, even if you do like the last little tease for the sequel beforehand, so like somebody wears this, the predator suit of armor, and like to take on this big predator would have been kind of cool because at least we would have like been able to to see what was happening. <laughs> it's still too dark to me. It's a dark, dark ending. What's the dark? Not in tone, but like, like it's very dark. Oh yeah, all the stuff in the woods is all too. Well, it's not just that it's dark; is that everything's so quickly cut, and in fact, it actually it's ends really up really quick. Yeah, it's like I don't the things that I I actually can see, like it's edited so quick that I don't really know what happened. Which actually leads me to one of the most uh, just horrible pieces of editing in modern cinema, which is where Stellan K. Brown's character dies, I hate this and like the first time I saw the movie. 
Like, I legitimately, like, only just caught it. Like, 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 wait, did he just die? And then you never see him again. No one even, no one reacts to his death. No one, and what's so weird about this is that he is, like, the antagonist. He is the human antagonist of this movie yeah. who's been, like, kidnapping the main character's kid. And there's not even, like, a line from the main character who's like, oh, I'm glad he's dead. Or, you know, not, there's no reaction from anyone, which is why it's almost, it's so easy to miss it. And it's so quick. Because yeah. his death is, you know, in theory, kind of funny. He's, he's got, like, a stolen Predator shoulder cannon. Uh, that he's wearing and he ba- it basically just turns and shoots him in the head and his head pops and it's like okay that's fine but it is so quick that it is like it is literally blink and you will miss that he died i actually didn't know that that's what killed him i had no idea i thought it was just the the big predator took him out and i uh, missed it on the first viewing you mean no on this viewing too on this I, viewing. I, I didn't know that it was his own cannon that took oh, him it was, out yeah um maybe, maybe, that, so fast. maybe that's the benefit of watching it in 4k <laughs> I, I i could tell that it was the cannon the shoulder cannon <laughs> it's like every time i watched it i'm just like god it's just so quick and he's just gone it's so quick he could have done like a, a deep blue sea moment where he's like all right guys we're teaming up this is gonna be it and then like the cannon like turns and shoots him or something <laughs> you have you already have so much comedy yeah they do have like a, a bit of a trap at one point where they sort of like set the predator on fire and uh, Thomas Jane jumps in and starts stabbing it, even though it will set him on fire as well. And both him and his buddy uh, Key both both go out together. They they shoot each other to end both their suffering at the same time. It's might be this kind of you know moment. Yeah, this uh, camaraderie, this yeah. brothers in arms, and blah blah blah. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> it falls so flat. <laughs> It really does. All of this it's falls like, well, flat. Well, at least he won't be making jokes anymore. Yeah, and, and you know, like they, like McKenna chases the big predator's got the kid. He takes him out of his predator ship, and we get like him and like two of the others like jumping onto the back of the ship, but it's trying to take off. And uh, Nebraska. But at one point, the, pre- the 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 shield goes up, and when I say shield, I mean like a Star Trek style like force field shield around the ship, and. Mm-hmm. McKenna's caught in the inside of the shield, which is good, but Nebraska's the air is. yeah, uh, Nebraska's caught in the outside, and it's like, well, either you're going to fall off, the ship's going to fly into space, and you're going to just you know die. Uh, so he makes the choice to like throw himself into the engine to stop the the ship from taking off, and it's like, okay, all right, all right. And the third guy gets uh, his legs get, are are in the because he's still standing on the ship when the the shields yes. come up, so it takes his legs out and he just sort of dies unremarkably. Also, yep, 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 yep. He dies too. Um, yeah, yeah. Basically, what we're saying is this entire group we're all red shirts. They're they're all here to die. <laughs> yeah, when uh, when the other guy just decides to throw himself into the engine, and he does it with a smile, it's like it's supposed to be this big moment because this is supposed to be the guy that we really like and i just don't like him i don't like yeah. anybody in this I yeah i don't like anyone either. do you know what the sad part is is that, you know after it's all over and the you know he's saved his kid and he's got all these little like souvenirs from each of the people he's like he says something like uh, this is the ones that won't be remembered because this is all the weirdos who the, the who the government and the army had written off as as you know as expendable or whatever right and i thought do you know what like I can actually see the good version of a Predator movie where it's not the elite team that Arnold had, right? It's all the misfits who have been disregarded who end up somehow saving the day. You know, mm-hmm. the Predator takes out the elite team. He takes out the Arnold-style team. 
and it's the team yeah. of misfits who come in and heroically and by the end if they do all die you're really upset because like, oh man like they kind of won you over and you you know you, you said it's like one full of the cuckoo's nest but it would actually be like one full of the cuckoo's nest and i'd actually like them all <laughs> and i'd care about them all at the end <laughs> <laughs> right yeah i guess i mean isn't that kind of the joke that the the one person the one movie character that could probably take on the predator is like uh, kevin McAllister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just being you know just being able to think outside the box <laughs> yeah uh so yeah there's a lot of like you know he's sneaking out of the ship the predator uh you know hooks his leg at one point and he's dangling out of the ship and then he comes in he gets the, the he turns the shield off and on again or the kid maybe does that and it uh it cuts the predator's arm off so you know it's they sort of like get him down and then they blow him up eventually olivia munn throws him the explosive and you know it's a it's the end you know it's whatever um it's it's all because they're just fighting this cg monster and because i don't really care about the characters it's all a bit kind of eh and then because of the quick cutting you don't even get to enjoy it as a good fight you know like it's, it's just not edited in a manner that's exciting to watch uh which is a shame and, it's, you know, and it all it's, takes place at night which sucks. Well, the ending does. The no, first no. movie is so beautiful. No, Tara, the ending doesn't. Uh, once the once they're fighting the big predator, because uh, once the ship's taken off, the sun's well, come yeah, up. Yeah, when it's in the sky, yeah. But when they're in the forest, it's it's night. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about after that though. When they're fight, like, see when it's landed again and they're fighting the big predator, and that's when Olivia yeah. Munn throws them the explosive and stuff. That's all in broad daylight. It's just so quickly cut. But you know, you're right. All the stuff in the forest is really dark, and you can barely see it. Well, not just like everything between uh, the interrogation scene. The, and the finale in the in the ship it, that stuff's all at night it's all one and night so, as well i think yeah yeah so it's all just super dark and it's not pretty to look at not like you know the first movie takes place in the forest or well you know the jungle um but it's it's so beautiful to it's so beautifully Wait, shot and to look at what was with the, the air quotes that's a jungle well, because it was shot in like a you know a, a forest in america but it was supposed to be um, a jungle in like south america <clears throat> i don't know if that's accurate i'm pretty sure they shot that somewhere or some in a different country i'm going to google this while you raise your point sure <laughs> i mean and then the second movie like there are some nighttime shots but it's in the city so it's all super well lit um and then you know there's the whole point of the second one is that the climate's getting warmer so like it does take place with a lot of sunshine and daylight scenes and you know it's just this movie's just so blah looking it's so dark and i don't like it being shot at night yeah uh yeah it was mostly shot in mexico the first movie uh yeah but it's still like a regular deciduous forest i think they're not shot in like a jungle Sure, <laughs> it was Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the famous jungles of Mexico. I'm not. I'm just saying <laughs> it, 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 it was Mexico. They also they did uh, they did some photography in jungles and three different you, places. Yeah. But there's so many like you can see when they're like uh, running around in, in the jungle, you see all these brown dead leaves on on the ground. That doesn't happen in jungles. They're their uh whatever the word is their the forest or their jungles they don't lose leaves in like the winter they just always stay green you don't have dead leaves in the, the jungle floors i've never been in the jungle okay i, I don't notice these things <laughs> okay it look, it look jungle. why do you want to fight me on this 
<laughs> no, it wasn't so much. The, it was just. It was just. It was the way you really emphasized it. Like you really wanted to make the point. Okay. Yeah, I use quotes for jungle because, like, it's not really a jungle. Yeah. I. I. No. I just when you said the shot in the U.S., I was like, I'm pretty sure that's wrong. Just because. I remember hearing stories about them staying at a hotel in Mexico when they were comparing their, their biceps and stuff. I, I remember well, these Maybe if stories. I said U.S., but it... Because uh, I generally thought it was stu- it was shot in the U.S., but I might have said America, which would still be right. Piss off. No one says America <laughs> when they mean Mexico. <laughs> if you said North America, sure. But when people say America, they mean the country. Come on. Central America. Ah, if this, if you said Central America, you'd have a point. I said America, I think. You think? You don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, yeah, I ge- I genuinely thought that it was because it it does just look like a regular forest, but I mean, Central America is like it's like three hours from where I live, so <laughs> there ain't no jungles here. The further south you go, the more jungly it gets, though. I presume. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the Amazon's further down, but... Not Mexico. <laughs> sure the south of Mexico has some jungly areas. Maybe. Not where they shot Predator. <laughs> they shot a multiple. That doesn't matter. Why are we still debating this? I don't know. <laughs> Stop fighting me. <laughs> Just listen to the points that I made that I'm sure you missed. You were talking about uh, the shooting in the forest, and uh, it was bright daytime in the first movie, but it was all too dark here. Some, some. That was the gist of it. That was the gist of it. I mean, I agree. Anyway. I agree. Uh, but that's the thing. The first Predator, especially, you know, I mean, I love two, but from a technical point of view, Predator 1 is pretty flawless in how it's like paced and, uh, you know, it's phenomenally edited. And this is like the total opposite of that. It's, it's so choppy, everything's so quick, and uh, like scenes don't have any time to breathe. Nothing has the weight that it should because of that. It feels like characters just accept that there's these aliens existing where it should be like a. You know, in the first movie, like, there's so much what's out there. What is it? Oh, it's killed two of her. You know, it's not until like it's done a lot of things before someone finally starts to accept that this is something that's not from here. You know, and it's this big sort of moment to realize. In this movie, it's like. Oh, an alien just crashed here. Oh, no one's going to believe this. I'm just going to steal a helmet. I've got a souvenir. And <laughs> I get that you don't want to do it as slow as the first movie because, you know, it's a sequel and, like, the audience already knows what a Predator is to an extent, so... Yeah, it's the fourth one. But, like, there's a, there's a balance of, like, the characters just not reacting appropriately and just being too quick to be okay with everything or too quick to just accept it and make jokes about it that it doesn't quite work. You know? Yeah. So... Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, yeah, honestly, yeah. Look, I, I, the only thing I'd say blanketly for blanketly, it's not worth it. <laughs> uh, the only thing I would say, sort of, as a blanket for all of the action is, you know, we didn't talk about all the specific moments in the faces because they're so choppy. But it's a shame because there's a lot of moments where, like, yeah, predator tech is used. There's one idiot that uses like the frisbee blade, and it, would you believe it? It comes back and cuts off his hand because he's not got mm-hmm. the the gauntlet ready to catch it again kind of thing um so yeah yeah there's little moments that i enjoy i liked watching his half his hand get chopped off yeah yeah it's i think it's just it goes back to that you know the big predator being cg is that i don't enjoy every time i see him 
Like seeing see the back half of the movie when he's the only predator, I'm just like every time I see him, I'm just I'm just disappointed that I'm seeing him. Not not I'm not happy about it. He doesn't look impressive to me. No, he looks. And worse. he just just kind of feels like a a monster instead of a hunter. Yep, yep. Um, so that's a shame. He ain't got no rules. He's got he's got a code to live by, and he's breaking the code. That's a very good point. Yeah, like the the rules are important. Um, like. But there you go. Like, and my proposed idea with those two predators that are against each other, that's how you show which one's the, the more noble one, is that one of them is willing to kill someone who's unarmed, and the predator who obeys the rules that have been established by the first Predator movies stops them from killing someone. And that's how yeah. you tell the audience, no, this one obeys the rules that they've set up, so there's some like sense of honour and like whatever there. And then the other one's clearly more vicious and doesn't care and will kill anyone. See? Not that hard. Fixed it. <laughs> not that hard. Yes. I'll try not to take your yawning as a as a as a statement on, on my proposal. <laughs> oh, it's so it's like interesting. It. It's so interesting, Peter. <laughs> um Alright, well we have to talk about the 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 coda scene, don't we? Um Yep. The sequel bait. McKenna apparently is now heralded as a hero, and there's like a new version of this division that's more good and not as evil as Stellan K. Brown made it. Uh, where he shows up, and it's like, hey, that, that stuff that he was trying to retrieve, like it was something that he sort of launched off the ship when he crashed at the start of the movie. It's what he was trying to give us to help us fight back. And again, if he was trying to help us fight back, then why did he just? Why was he killing everyone like he was? When yeah, he should have murder a lot. Uh, but it turns out to be a predator, like Iron Man suit. So it doesn't look like an actual predator. Obviously, there's some predator similarities in it, but it's like an Iron Man suit that comes out of a gauntlet, and it is designed for like a human to wear. Mm-hmm. And McCann is like, "That's my new suit," um, and that's that, and Joe is so weird is that the last line of the movie isn't that's my new suit that's where it should cut to black and go right it doesn't <laughs> next time it doesn't he says that's my new suit there's a pause and he goes i hope they've got it in a size whatever and then there's like an yeah, awkward he has to make a joke yeah. yeah and then there's an awkward pause and then it cuts to black and i'm like that was a horrible moment to it like just just yeah that was terrible uh it bizarrely looks kind of like um they had a television show, but for the vampire slayer, uh, I robot you, Jane, where a demon gets out of the internet and then gets a robot body by the end of the episode. It, it kind of reminded me of that robot body. It obviously looked it was more expensive because this was a 2018 movie and not a mid 90s episode of a WB TV show. But yeah. uh, that's what it reminded me of. I got vibes of that. Uh, so I enjoyed t- just a regular scientist guy being the one that was the test subject, <laughs> like unwittingly just. Uh, became a predator suit all of a sudden yeah so i I remember what go ahead i was gonna say so the thing this comes out of is like a pod that looks like you know like human shaped you know like a cryo sleep chamber or something and they were like oh i wonder what's inside and then it starts to open and i'm like are they about to give me an arnold cameo where like somehow they got arnold the predators kidnapped arnold and they're giving him back thought the same thing yeah i legitimately (laughs) just felt like a standard uh cameo moment it did it felt like it was building up to arnold coming out of this thing and who Uh, else would it be like it wouldn't be it wouldn't be danny glover no no like i was just expecting arnold to come out 
maybe butt-ass naked like it's the Terminator almost again, <laughs> where he comes out and he's like... <laughs> or if it was like Gary Busey, but like <laughs> whatever parts of him were missing from the Predator were restored <laughs> with the robot parts. <laughs> Cybernetic Busey. Well, if I, if I remember correctly, he got like his bottom half cut off, so he'd have like yeah, robot legs. Yeah, I think legs. he got cut in half, yeah. so he would have like robot legs. That would be a visual. I can't deny that would be a visual to see. Um, and then Jake Busey, who has a robot arm now, is like, Dad? Yeah, I thought it was going to be a really cheap Arnold cameo, both the first time and the second time I saw it, because I forgot this scene existed. So the second time I was thinking, like, did they give me an Arnold cameo? Was that a thing? Yeah. I feel like I'd remember that. And then, obviously, instead you get this weird sequel bait for you know, something that even the first time I saw it, I knew we were never going to get a follow-up. We're never going to get yeah. him in this, like, robo-predator mech suit. I'm surprised they even included it, because I'm pretty yeah. sure when they released the movie, they knew it was not going to happen again. Yeah, they really should have just, like, you know, ended it, you know, before. Yeah, like, before yeah. this scene. Just, just you know, fade to black and go... <laughs> <laughs> um, I also have a problem with the fact that the, the Predator theme music, the main, that main, like, riff is mostly used in this for like the antagonist humans like it's like whenever Stellan K. Brown shows up that's when it plays and I'm like why is mm -hmm. he getting that why, why is it the the, the asshole character's music I, either it's just the general movie music or it's like Arnold's team's music you don't play it for this asshole yeah you only I only really noticed it in the in the beginning when like you first see them now whenever that's the only time I really noticed it whenever they arrive in a helicopter so when they arrive at the the ship scene uh after McKenna's left at the start, it plays, and then later on when they arrive before they like tie them up and stuff, it plays there as well. I mean, maybe more mm -hmm. times as well, but that's the two times I remember it playing. Yeah. So yes. What a disappointing film. It's a mess. It is a is a goddamn mess. Uh the, the the you know, the autistic child stuff is just old insensitive trope. You've got choppy editing that makes things just not entertaining to watch. You can't even enjoy the action scenes just for what they are. Um, you have try-hard characters that are unlikable because they are trying too hard to be quirky and witty. And you have the decision to take away the classic Predator and replace it with a CGI monster that looks and feels CG every time it's on screen. There's very little to... Like, the only thing I'll say for it and I stand by this, is that... And maybe not... If you, if you if I had to watch it again, I may not feel this way, but at least having not seen it in a long time, I do think that at least the shock of how bad this is makes it a little more entertaining than watching Predators, because Predators is so dull and mundane and boring. It does make any sense, also. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at least this is, like... It's, it's got a little bit of that train wreck, kind of, like, what is, what is with this movie? What's wrong? Why is it this bad? Why, why is it this wrong? Yeah, it's just, it's very confusing, especially with all the people attached, and it just shouldn't be this bad. It should, it should be at least a little bit good. It should be. <laughs> I think that, that's the thing, when I heard the reshot things and they had to redo the ending and all this little nonsense, I'm like, okay, I'm expecting kind of a mess now. But I think what surprises me is that there's stuff there that's clearly already bad before all the, the choppiness. Yeah, the character stuff really isn't very good. Yeah character stuff and all the stuff with the kid and even the, the lore they're trying to add on to Predator like all of it's just kind of kind of lame Shane Black I still believe in you please make Nice Guys too. 
I, I believe in them. I don't want a sequel. Just go make other original things, please. Like, I, I'm all for more Shane Black movies. I'd be okay with the Russell Crowe and, and uh, Ryan, not Ryan Reynolds, whatever the other guy is. Ryan Gosling and the, you, the you young blonde girl. I will accept <laughs> it if, if the daughter's the main character and the new one. Yeah, I will accept great. that. I think I just saw that she had a new movie or something on Hulu. She stole the show. Uh, but, anyway, what, what I was going to say there is... Bizarrely, I don't think Shane Black understands what made Predator work. That's why. That's why I took away from this movie is that it sounded like a great idea on paper to have him come in and do a Predator movie because he's attached to it and because he's a good writer director. But what I got from this movie is that he didn't actually get what made that first movie work because it's all yeah. not there. So there you go. And luckily, the reviews for Prey, which I've not looked at too closely because I don't want spoilers, I want to go in cold as possible, they're very positive. It's at like 97% in Rotten Tomatoes right now with at least 50-something reviews. So, things are looking up. And I said this on Twitter earlier, The uh, my big fans, my biggest fans who pay attention to everything I say will forgive me. <laughs> but I'll repeat what I said on Twitter, is that Every Alien and Predator movie that has come out in my life where I have been, you know, because technically Predator 2 came out when I was alive, but I was like, you know, two or something. <clears throat> Every Alien and Predator movie that's coming out when I've been old enough to care about it and want to see it, the first of which would have been Alien vs. Predator in 2004 when I was 15, because there'd been quite a gap since, you know, Resurrection, which was like 97. Every Alien and Predator movie that's come out since I have been old enough to care about the, 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 the two franchises has been at best middling and at worst a complete and utter dumpster fire looking at you requiem so and honestly covenant's not far off so because it's on that one well you're going to in a couple of years look forward to it uh so because of that what i'm saying is is that predator fans are owed a win i need this i need the win i need this new movie to be good and the stars feel like they were aligning. We get the director of 10 Cloverfield Lane. We got a really cool premise. You know, as soon as they showed off that first poster, that first image, and they said it was called Prey, it was like... Great. Great title. This sounds exactly what, what, what this should be... What they should be doing is just do Predators in different time periods, different types of characters that are yeah. having to take them on. Like, yes. Yes. Do it. Yes. So here's hoping that we have nothing but good news next episode for Prey. But we do have to rate The Predator, or The Predator, or The Predator. <laughs> maybe, it may not even be D, it may be Die or Das. German's one of those languages that has, like, gender does and A's for words. Mm. Uh, if yeah. you want a Predator film to be set in different time periods, do you want one in the future? I think it could work with the right people. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. But no. Do we do? Do we do? Is you, you this is where Cross you do this. Over the... with Avatar. Totally. No, 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 no. Shut up. No. <laughs> this is actually what you do. Instead of doing an AVP movie, you just do a Predator movie where the team of soldiers are colonial marines. That's your mm -hmm. movie. And you don't do any alien stuff. You just have them be the characters in the future who have to take on a Predator. Yes. Okay, but then you're going to do that. Oh, this movie wants to be aliens so bad. <laughs> no, I'm not. They no, got I've... colonial marines in there. 
What are you talking about? If they just write to like a goddamn predator movie, that won't be a problem. You like you're you're basing that on nothing. I'm not just gonna say that because there's Colonel Marines there. <laughs> just making a joke. Yeah, people always do that with me. They, I hate people who think I'm going to say something about a movie based on some binary, like, A or B thing. So that's not Look, how movies we, work. We've watched a lot of movies together, and uh, that that line has come up a lot. What? A binary thing? <laughs> no, the, the, this movie wants to be aliens so bad. <laughs> Lots of movies want to be aliens! <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, let me rate this. It's, it's, it's like Mad Max, or it's not even Mad Max, it's like Road Warrior. Road Warrior and all the knockoffs of Road Warrior for the next, like, ten years. Like, lots of movies <laughs> wanted to be Road aliens. Warrior. Yeah, like, oh, the, yeah, yeah. you know, it, 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 it's a thing, right? Yeah, 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 okay. Well, I, uh... I, I'm really disappointed, you know? I'm not mad, just disappointed in uh, Hollywood and Shane Black and er, Sterling K. Brown... You know, my guy. Yeah, I'm just... not disappointed in Hollywood because Hollywood, like, I expect a lot of shit from them. They they pump <laughs> out so much shit. Um, and they release a lot of it. Not the Batgirl, apparently. That's another, <laughs> another d- debate for another time. Um, but, like, yeah, Shane Black. Like, like I'm genuinely disappointed because this is not like a... Dir- it's not like he's been... You know, it's not like a director who went downhill a while ago and like, he's been doing, like, you know... No, he makes great dud stuff. After dud. Like, yeah, like the, the last few things he's made have been gradually getting better, and then this just was off a cliff. It's, yeah. And, I mean, he's known for his writing also. Like, you yeah. Know, it's, he was a writer. Yeah, he was, he was a writer long before he was a director. The directing was a relatively new thing, you know? Uh, and I say relative because it was like 2006 or something, but, you know, like, but relatively speaking, in the scope of his career, the directing was, yeah. Yeah. Well, in any case, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a five. Like, it's not completely unwatchable for sure. And there is some stuff that I like in it. It's just, you know, it's just disappointing. So it, it's a five for me. Hmm. Yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, I, th- I actually had given this the same score as Predators before because I gave that a five. Uh, and I had given this a five previously. But I think, you know, I was trying to be very generous as much as I could when it came out because I really wanted to not hear it. Um, I do think this is an objectively worse movie than Predators, but is inherently more interesting because at least it's got a train wreck quality to it where you're like just baffled by what they're doing. <laughs> Predators is just such a dull, boring movie. It's just like, it's the, you know, it's it's, it's the Marvel movie of Predator movies. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> oh, I, I, I joke, I joke. I'm so funny. I cut myself up. Uh, Don't you hate it when people accuse you of always saying the same things? <laughs> that was a little joke to poke fun at that. Thank you very sure. much. Um, but no, the weird thing is, though, is watching this again, I do think objectively it is worse than that, though. E- even though I think that it, there was more to get out of watching it than Predators, I think objectively I have to sort of say... No, this is more like a three. It is a, it is a, it's kind of a train wreck. Uh, like, it is actually kind of absurd on how many levels this doesn't work. When s- some of the easiest things that it should be working don't. <laughs> like, you, know, you know, it's like, it's, yeah. Like, the one thing we've said about every, every movie, and this is including Requiem and AVP, is that, They've not messed up how the Predators look because even though they sort of changed the mask a little bit here or there, 
the design is so good and so versatile that it's always worked, even in the worst movies. This is the only one where they screwed this up because they had to do the big CG predator. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So, yeah, three out of ten. I, I, I'm baffled by it. I'd still rather watch this again than Predators, because Predators just so boring. <laughs> yeah, for me, this is the the Kevin Sorbo disappointed meme in a film. <laughs> <laughs> or the uh, um, yeah. uh, the Otto um, Premington, the fish called Wanda disappointed meme. <laughs> oh <laughs> Which yeah, doesn't get used as much, but I love the Kev- that Kevin Klein meme. Fish called Wanda's a good movie. I like yeah. Fish called Wanda. Um, Disappointed. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, after two very positive episodes with Crimes of the Future and everything everywhere, uh, we knew this was going to be a negative one, but here we are. It, it dragged us down. But hopefully we have nice things to say about Prey next episode, next week, uh, in yep. fact. So look forward yeah apologies uh, i mean i said this in the last episode i'm sure but apologies there was uh, a little bit of delays between the last two episodes but uh, we should be back on track now so yes look forward to pray next week um you can of course support the the show the channel and everything we do uh by hitting the super thanks button below us on youtube but of course if you want to support us another way uh or you're an audio listener and don't care about buttons on youtube uh where can they do that tara that's right, Peter. If you guys enjoy our reviews, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV, where if you donate as little as $3 per month, you'll get access to our reviews for our B-movie sci-fi films, the ones that are way more fun, but also terrible. <laughs> um, like, uh, all we just finished all the, the, the Tremor sequels. If you want to know how we feel about the Gummer, Burt Gummer and co, Impossible Son, <laughs> uh, those are all up on Patreon now and uh, we did lots of other films too um, you can find Time Cop on there Free Jack uh, lots of good stuff and uh, if you donate $5 or more you'll get access to these reviews one day early and there's also a $10 tier where you can vote on what we watch oh my um, god stop skipping it like the, the main thing in the $5 tiers like the new exciting thing don't skip well, over it okay <laughs> I've made progress, okay? <laughs> Damn it. I don't even know why you asked me to do this if I always screw it up so much. Because <laughs> it's funny, mainly? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, so the $5 tier starting this very month, uh, The Ace Meltdown, which is a new show where me and Tara get together and just talk casually, you know, not in depth, you know, like we do in this, but like, we go. We just go through all the different movies we've been watching over the last uh, month. Uh, non non sci fi movies. So this is just whatever we've been watching. Uh, plus, there'll probably be, yep. you know, some sort of icebreaker at the start of the show to kick it off as well. I haven't quite decided what that'll be yet. Maybe I'll make you do some uh, a, a quiz that I can cop for something like that. Tim makes me do on even more streams. Okay. <laughs> uh. We also sometimes talk about trailers on even more screens, so I guess if it's a big sci-fi trailer to talk about, maybe we'll do that too. But okay, but yeah, but that's Seems the idea. Like there's less of those than horror. Yeah, than there would be for horror. Not as often, but <laughs> if there's some big news thing where it's like oh, we have to talk about this, then sure we do that. But 
Uh, that's that's the, the the new monthly bonus show. So you know the 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 bonus episode where we just talk about a movie like we do on the main show. Is it a three dollar tier? That's once a month, and then uh, Ace Meltdown starting this month, which is August twenty twenty two. For anyone who's you know watching this later, um, is it the five dollar tier? So that's the the two Ace related bonus things. Check it out. Yeah, and I'll take this time to thank our Patreon producers who are one of the higher tiers on patreon.com slash TV. Uh, so thank you to Tyler Hesson, the Palacios, David Short, Board Now, Christopher Moy, David Brown, Al Treisman, and Alison M. Fordyce. Thank you to all. And thank you to all our supporters. Uh, all support does help and helps keep all the content coming. So thank you very much. So there you go. Um, yeah, otherwise, check out Twitter, at Screams Midnight, uh, and check out uh, you know, uh, the Discord. There'll be a link in the description. There's a, red, there's a subreddit. There's all these things. Uh, all different ways you can get notified by new episodes and things like that if you if you so desire uh but go and check out that stuff but uh, otherwise that is that is us. um and obviously next movie is prey so forward to that and then nope is coming after prey because it's finally out yes for me to go see so and then you get the patreon pick <laughs> And then we'll finally do July's Patreon uh, voted episode. Uh, and then probably do immediately August right after it, because at that point we'll be quite late in the month. Uh, so, yes. Thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep watching Science Fiction and Computer at Salsa. <laughs>